so my story started um, in my hometown where I grew up in Stockton. Got into a lot of, uh, a lot of trouble <laughs> with the local law enforcement. Um, did some things I probably shouldn't have done. Drugs, alcohol, um, just really rebellious. I'm still my junior year in high school when I lived out on my own and uh, had to get a full-time job just to make make it work for me, but uh, ended up still able to graduate working full-time. Since a young age, I grew up and was raised around a lot of drugs, alcohol, partying. I don't really remember my high school and school life because most of the time I was high, <laughs> if I even bothered to show up. My dad was a trucker, so we moved wherever we needed to, and after high school, it was just a big blur. A lot of drinking and doing drugs and partying and doing, you know, stuff that was not respectable to myself. And as soon as I turned 21, it got really bad. <laughs> I was dating my dealer, and we had shacked up in a hotel room, and he had stepped out, and all of a sudden I came to looking at a fuzzy TV screen, talking to myself. It was like waking up from a dream. I looked over at the mirror and saw myself, and I decided then and there that I didn't want to do it anymore, and he took me home and never heard from him again. I was on meth for two straight years before I just up and quit. After I quit doing meth, I pretty much replaced it with pot and alcohol. I liked the numb feeling not feeling anything at all and that made me happy and what makes me happy I'm probably gonna keep doing well I started working at a small tavern and I had a friend who I would travel around with doing traveling karaoke because he would give me free drinks it was basically free alcohol every time I went at that time um, I was working at another bar in, in my hometown of Stockton as a bartender as well too. Um, just really, uh, just lost. At that time, the way I was living, that was it. It was okay. It was okay. It wasn't, I mean, it, I wasn't, didn't have any ambition to do anything better, didn't have any goals. Um, I loved to dance at that time. <laughs> I was quite the dancer. Yeah, I you were. So the friend that connected us um, attended my bar a lot every weekend and she knew that I was single and apparently knew that you were single. Uh, there was a, a carnival or a picnic and our friend thought it would be a great idea where she would introduce the both of us. Her son said, hey, I, I have somebody I want you to meet. So I'm thinking, okay, another you know, free meal ticket, right on. So I go down there, they introduce us. He asked me if I know how to two-step. I lied and said I did, quickly found out I didn't. And I said, you know what, heck with it, let's just go have a beer. So we went inside, had a beer, exchanged numbers. Uh, took, him <laughs> took him about two weeks to finally convince me that I needed to see him again. I flattened her tire in her vehicle and um, two of her, the friends that came with her had to find another way home, but that was my excuse to uh, <laughs> take you home with me. Uh, again, living in rebelliousness, Yep. living in sin. Um, 
I think the only thing that really for me at that moment um, when I first met when I first met you it was something that I hadn't felt in a long time it was just instant um, connection like it's just I fell in love instantly and you fell in love with my beauty I did I did um, and it was it was contagious mm -hmm. and then it started our, our relationship yep living in sin unmarried moving in together eventually moved out moved to Springfield Springfield Missouri and just started our life our journey together uh, but it wasn't an easy journey no because three months later we found out that we were going to be parents total shock don't know that we were ready for that definitely not definitely not and we had to grow up really fast but even though we grew up fast we were still doing things that made us feel good the smoking the addictions those addictions is what at that time probably helped us get along get along we didn't know each other's true selves I think we just met each other's representatives at first right well and having our first having our daughter was probably really the only thing um, that kept us together yeah wouldn't be together today thank you Jesus absolutely so basically most of our marriage for the first half of it was um, the only one thing that we could probably both agree on wholeheartedly was not going to church not being wrapped up in the religious people yeah we both strongly agreed that church was not for us I always thought it was gonna burn down the moment I walked in because I was so ashamed of what I've done and I know he knew what I did but I didn't understand that it didn't matter whatever I did right. he accepted me for who I was life goes on fast forward a few years um, found out we were gonna have another baby found out we were gonna have another one um, our, our son through this whole time though um, we could set back now today and and just think wow this the only way that things worked out the way they did is because of God but through both of the pregnancies while we were in that moment that's not at all what we thought right we were too self-involved and we did a lot of self-pity and we did a lot of placing the blame on everything but ourselves I had a healthy pregnancy but it was the most uncomfortable I've ever been and also I it meant that I had to quit doing what made me happy uh, I did quit drinking alcohol but I did not quit smoking pot or cigarettes I to this day I really regret it and I I thank the Lord every day that he gave me two beautiful and healthy children because it could have been the other way around and his grace is so great that his grace is so great I can count countless times when we would have conversations in the front room when uh, she would be rolling her joint but it was one of the things that we constantly probably argued about even after our son was born at this moment when I when our kids were born I was feeling 
obviously a lot more responsibility. I was like, man, I've got to really man up here and, and step into more of a responsible role. And I just started realizing that I need to stop doing all my bad things um, and take on that role. And it was hard for me to do that because I was still seeing her doing it. You would say, I'm not doing anything wrong. And I would say, you are, you're actually breaking the law. And this is against the law. I didn't want to quit. I didn't think I should have to quit just because you all of a sudden changed your mind about who you wanted to be. And it was just so easy for you to quit. And it was not the case for me. So that would be several years of just that argument right there. And then there was one point where I just, I had enough. And I just came home and I just said, this is it. You're gonna have to pick between your family and these drugs. I would even threaten her by saying, you know what, I will win in court because I'm clean and you're not. And at that point. You gave me the ultimatum and uh, you had to work that day so you left and you were gone all day. I uh, got down on my knees and I asked God, you know, whatever you need me to do, let me do it so I can, you know, keep my husband, keep my family. See, it's one of those things in our life at this point where we, we knew there was God, but we never really talked to him unless we absolutely needed him for something. Because we were both kind of, we got this on our own. And that's when I started getting into the uh, music business and start really heavily quit getting into the music business. I actually quit a full-time job risking everything I had to get into the music business. Um, we, we just was still missing something and just couldn't figure out what it was. Um, so I would go out, I would be gone a lot doing these different um, music events and concerts and really trying to f chase after my dream. And I guess the really cool thing is, is every time I would uh, do these shows, I would always just kind of look amongst the crowd and just see all the memories being made. Uh, it would give me almost a sense of a high, but I always felt like something was different. But it took one day coming home uh, and getting invited to go play a softball <laughs> game. Yeah. And little did I know when I got there to play softball, it turned out to be a church outreach program. And the pastor shows up, in which he was probably one of the most competitive ones there. Yes. Uh, he would elbow me in passing and just say, hey, you should, you should bring a concert to Stockton where we lived. I'm thinking there's no way. But I ended up uh, putting together a concert um, for the first time in Stockton at this local church. And it was a band called Seventh Day Slumber. His testimony, and I guess his story, and how he gave his life to Christ in the back of an ambulance. And whenever he'd ask them, you know, if you've thought about committing suicide or if you thought about killing yourself or harming yourself, uh, he wanted to pray for you. And he asked that they all would raise their hands. And about 24, 25 people raised their hands. And I knew at that very moment, that very second, that empty feeling I'd always been feeling at these concerts, that thing that I was trying to chase after was completely filled that day. And I knew right then and there that I needed to change my life and I needed to do something different. And I knew that I needed to take what I had been doing in these concerts and promoting. I ended up uh, ultimately giving my life over to Christ and 
about that same night, I get a, I get a dream that I wanted to, this dream of this festival. I didn't know what it meant. I just knew that this dream, in this dream, it was supposed to be a huge festival to where more people can be open up to what God truly is. Like we were so ashamed and too afraid to be judged going to church. He felt like it was time to take church outside the walls. Almost a year later, I followed suit and gave my life to Christ. It happened at a family retreat. Uh, I looked over and I saw a five-year-old boy with his arms up in praise and worship. And it just really hit home that, what am I doing with my life? You know, who am I living for? And here we are, and I'm so thankful and blessed that I, I made that decision. Well, the cool thing is um, the moment that we both finally were able in one house worshiping one God and not multiple gods because yes. our addictions yes. in, in our life at that time was a God, but it wasn't the God that restores. Everything changed. Um, our marriage changed, got stronger. But there was a moment last year that was pretty hard. And see, I had been living with the sin for, for so long. Um, and, I, and I just figured I would go to my grave with it. God was trying to pour so much into me and He couldn't because I was blocking something. So one day on a Sunday afternoon after church, we come home, I pulled you in the bedroom about that time and told you about four years ago that I had cheated on her. It was probably the, it was the hardest thing I ever had to do. But the only thing that I was really concerned and scared about was you losing your salvation because of my actions of what happened four years ago, or at that time four years ago. When he had shared his secret sin that he had been hiding, I was numb, and it quickly turned into shock, and then to hurt, and I couldn't stand to look at him anymore, so I just got up and left, not caring about anything, I just had to get away. I drove around for many hours, screaming and crying at the top of my lungs, asking him why, asking him why he did this to me. I asked God, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? I can remember being on my hands and knees in the front room floor, just crying out to God. Because with her being such a new Christian at this time, and a new believer, I would, all I can think about was your salvation being gone and, and you fallen into your old trap. You fallen into accepting, going back into the al alcohol, going back into the drugs. I almost did. I kept driving towards the bar three or four times and I don't know what stopped me. I just turned in the parking lot and turned back around three or four times. And I was, I told God, I said, I'm, I'm ready to accept the consequence but just please don't take her salvation or allow her to stay close to you. The moment I pulled into the drive, it was like 
I had my answer without knowing I had it, that I was to forgive him, to love him. And then the words that I remember you telling me was when you looked at me and you said, I told him that the devil wasn't going to take our marriage, that God's grace is so great that I want to and I need to forgive you. And about that moment, for me and I'm sure for you too, it's like our love just became stronger than ever. It's like I've really fell in love with you again. <laughs> and there was a lot of tears. But something happened. Um, and I, that's why we're sharing this video. We've This is only the second time we've shared this in, in the time that we've done this. And our hope uh, for, for you that are out there that marriage couples or relationships that you may not think that there's going to be hope for you or that you may think that you're just at the end of your road and you just can't make it anymore. God is such an awesome God and He has blessed us tremendously. Yes. He's blessed us to be able to work together and do this festival <laughs> because the main reason why we want to do this event and do this all across the country is because we've been there. We've been hurt. We've hurt each other. But God is in the restoring business. So we just want to encourage you all, keeping your faith in God, trusting in Him, that no matter what situation you may be facing today, that God is there. He's hearing your heart. He's hearing your cries. He's heard your cries. He's heard mine. We pray together. We worship together. We're not alone. He's blessed us. Uh, do we still have struggles? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we hope our story encourages you today. And if you don't know who Christ is, if you've never asked Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we want to we wanna just show you what God has done for us. Uh, only God can do that. Only God can take the dirtiest, the roughest, and turn it into something beautiful. And I think that's what he's done for our marriage and in our lives. We hope that our story was encouraging to you. And we hope that God gets all the glory. Hashtag Team Us.